All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. I am very excited for the expert that we have coming on today. We've got Solange Blanchard joining us. Solange is an entrepreneur, online educator, virtual business coach, and M&A strategist dedicated to helping savvy entrepreneurs, like all of you guys, scale and sell your businesses and make killer profits. She's from Canada, and she launched her coaching business in 2013 with nothing more than a dream a laptop and a session with business strategy and numbers. Um, when she launched her business, she spent 58 crazy months driving from Montreal to Boston almost every week. And after graduating from Harvard University, she worked full-time to build her dream business and now has created her own definition of success. Today, she works with entrepreneurs like yourselves with M&A transactions and strategies through blog online coaching program and a one-on-one coaching program. So I cannot wait to get her insight on all of this. Let's go ahead, cue that intro, and then we'll bring her on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Solange, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, I cannot wait to dive into what you're an expert in mergers, acquisitions. This is a, a topic that I've actually been wanting to learn more about and diving into. Um, and we were talking a little bit before the podcast, how you're like most entrepreneurs when they're starting a business, um, don't think about this side of things in terms of preparing your business to sell. So I am so excited to have you on. Yeah, so many entrepreneurs, they just want a paycheck or they just need money every month. True. And they yeah. never think that one day something can happen or they, they're just ready to move on to something else and they need to prepare their business and be ready for a sale. Yes, exactly. So um, I know you mentioned to me that it's sometimes hard for business owners or entrepreneurs to admit that one day their business will, you said, will get sold, given away or liquidated. So what do you mean by that? Um, because I bet you there's some people out there that are like, no, it's my baby. I would never sell it. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so anything can happen in life. So people get sick. Sometimes they just want to move on and do something else. Um, we had a client a year ago was there for financing. So he was ready to do an acquisition. And during that process, he received an offer he was unable to refuse. And he sold for $60 million. Wow. But he was ready to sell because the business was ready. So he had a team in place. He had recurring revenues. He had the structure, processes. So he was ready. But it's not every entrepreneur. So usually when they call us and they say, I'm ready to sell, they are not ready. So it's why we need to prepare them two, three, five years before they are ready. And if they never sell or if they transfer the business to a friend or family member, the value will be more than just nothing. Because most business owners, when they come to see us, when we say, okay, we're going to look to your numbers, we're going to try to evaluate how much, it, how much money you can get from the sale, yeah. your answer is zero. Because oh. they are the business, because they're driving the show, because they do everything. Mm -hmm. And if they're not there, the business won't exist. So we need to prepare them ahead of time to be ready. 
Oh, okay. So I've got a couple of questions. So I'm very new to this whole idea of mergers and acquisitions. So I would love for you to talk to me a little bit about what does it mean? What do mergers and acquisitions mean? And then I want to talk a little bit more about, okay, how does somebody actually take those first steps to preparing their business to be sold? So let's jump into um, what does it mean? What is does it mean to participate in mergers and acquisitions? And how did you kind of get started in that whole world? So when I kickstarted my business, I was doing only strategies and I was unable to do the financing or to sell a business or to buy a business to grow. Um, back in 2016, I met someone said, hey, if you want to learn how to do it, we want you as um, an associate. So just jump and we'll learn with you. So it's what I did. And now we're just helping businesses. So sometimes they want to acquire business because they want to grow. And it's easy for them to buy a business instead of starting from scratch. Yeah. And other people say, you know what? I'm just sick and tired. I want to move on to something else. I want to buy another business in a different industry. Right. Uh, and they are ready to sell, but they don't know what to do. They don't know who they have to call to sell their business. Um, it's really confidential because they don't want to scare their employees or suppliers or clients. So it's all right. the process of reaching out to the right person, making sure that person um, will keep everything confidential, has the money to move forward with an acquisition. So it's all the different steps uh, to learn how to do it. And so we'll be able to help them until the transaction is completed. Yeah, that's amazing. So what got you interested in this whole world? Have you sold and acquired businesses of your own? What does that look like on your personal side of things? Nope. So I launched my business. My goal is to sell that business one day, probably to my daughter, if not to a strategic player. Ooh, okay. uh, but for now, um, yes, I'm just helping. I had clients around me say, Solange, we need to grow. Uh, I think I I want to acquire this business, but I was unable to help them. When I launched yeah. my business, I was doing strategies, not yeah. merger or acquisition. So mm -hmm. I learned over this past seven years how to do those transactions. And um, yes, it's where I am right now, 10 years later. That's amazing. So you've had a lot of experience in this field, this industry, doing this process of buying and selling businesses. Yes. Amazing. So um, what can an entrepreneur do um, to kind of set their business up for success if they ever want to scale or sell their business in the long term? So I think the first step is to have a strong team in place mm -hmm. so that they, you're not there, who will run the show? So who yeah. will be in contact with suppliers, customers? Um, so you really need to have some a team, not just one person in charge to be able to, they be able to take decisions without you. You yeah. can say, hey, I'm leaving for a month and the business will keep running. It yeah. won't be scary. It won't, you know, nothing will happen. So you really need to have around you a strong team uh, to deal with all aspects of your business. So that will be the first step um, you need to do before even thinking about selling a business. Right. So I know a lot of the listeners, they are people who've created coaching businesses where they're coaching around their specific expertise. So they have gone, they've gotten this expertise and now they're teaching it to other people. Um, have you dealt with a lot of businesses on that side? And how would you recommend somebody like that start to get out of their business being built around themselves? Because that's something that I've seen in a lot of coaching businesses is that it's all built around that one person and that one person goes and you're like, um, we don't have a business anymore. So what, what kind of advice would you give to people who have created a business like that? 
So usually what I tell them is develop a new product or service. It could be an online course. It could be an ebook with a team around you. So every, mm -hmm. it won't be your name. It will be a product name, so a course, um, and you'll be able to build around that. Uh, maybe you're not the only coach. Maybe you can have other coach uh, around you that will help with different expertise and it will be like a package. So it won't be only you because if you're not there, if you're sick, if you want to go on vacation, um, you can't because you're yeah. the business. So you really yeah. need to try to figure out how you can build around you. And if one day you're not there, so let's say I have clients say, hey, I have an online course, but I'm the only one talking or teaching it's okay it. but if you want to like develop scale and maybe sometime someday sell that business just add another consultant and maybe another one and next year just be half half or 25 percent you 75 percent somebody else and just build and people will see not only you but a team a strong team around you mm. um talking coaching giving advice on different topics yeah. So what does your current team look like? Sorry, my team? What does, yeah, your current so I team. have a marketing team helping me with all the Facebook and Instagram and everything Amazing. promotion. I have a VA who's helping me with the clients. Um, I have a right. copywriter and I have someone who I call my chief operation marketing officer who helps me because we're going to translate everything in French. So yeah. she helped me with all the operations, all the translation, and she will help me like look at everything um, mm -hmm. to make sure that we're not missing anything. And the coaching that I'm offering, it's me, but I have a team around me. So right. they can talk with me, but they can talk with somebody else on the team. And they know that when they send a message or when they send a questions, if I'm not answering, the answer will be the same. Like if someone else on the team has the expertise. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I don't have the answer. And I'm like, I have to reach out to somebody else and I have to make sure I get you the right answer. So I'm not yeah. the only one on that team. So, yeah, so I have different people, not employees. So I had employee when I started. Now I'm working more with consultants um, nice. that are just Contractors. helping me grow and scale the business. Yes. Very cool. So what was your first hire? Um, it was someone at that time in 2013, I was doing a lot of executive recruitment. Yeah. So it was someone with no experience. She was just, she was just out of university and she said, I want to learn. And I said, you know what? That's a really mm. good idea. So mm. you're going to learn every step and we're going to build that together. And she was amazing. So she, she left for a maternity leave and she never come back because she had another kid and everything, but right. she was amazing. And it's, she didn't have experience, expertise or experience but she was willing to try and willing to learn. And that was the best thing for me at that time. Yeah. So I know a lot of people have that kind of resistance to hiring because there's a lot of mental roadblocks that come up in terms of, am I going to be hiring the right person? How do I know if this person is not going to just screw me over? Like, do I trust this person enough? Um, maybe this person doesn't have experience. How do I train them? So what would be your suggestions to somebody who is having that resistance to bringing on that first team member, second team member, and are trying to build a team, but they're having those resistances. I say first, you need to find the perfect fit. So mm -hmm. what I'm telling my clients, you know, just do a job description, put everything on there that you need. Yeah. And then reach out to people. And I don't want to scare anyone. But usually when we hire someone, I can talk with 100 people before I found the right one. 
Yeah, so what wow. I do is I split them to industries. So I say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to target this industry and I'm looking for 10, 20 businesses in that industry. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, I'm going to reach out to director, marketing director in each of them and have a discussion with them. And I try to find the perfect fit because it's not only about the expertise and the knowledge, it's about the fit with the rest of the team. Yeah. And what I always say is if you find someone that's switching job every six months, or new clients every six months, it's not the fit because sometimes, oh. someday someone will reach out, give, give her more money and that person will leave again. So right. take the time to do the interview and make sure you have the same vision, um, ask the right question. You know, if someone said, oh, no, I never had a problem or no, n- nothing happened in the past. It's not true. We all yes. face challenges. So right. that person knows how to deal with those challenges. And we all make mistakes. Yes. But so, I think when we yeah. talk with a lot of people, we say, okay, you know, I want you in my team. You're not ready to move. Okay, but can you find, do you know someone who has the mm. perfect knowledge fit as you have? And people will, you know, refer you to someone, give you names, and you will find someone. But start with a consultant. So it's not 40 hours a week. It's not someone you have to pay every second week or every month. Just start five hours, 10 hours a week or a month and a relationship, you know, you build a relationship and one day you'll be ready to offer a full-time position. Yes. I, I love that. And I like, you know, if you're connecting with people and you're doing all these interviews, if they're not a good fit, that doesn't mean that they don't know somebody who's not a good fit. So you can always talk to them and, and connect with them on that level. So I think that that's a great way to, you know, make the most out of your time. Even if you are conducting a lot of interviews, um, that's a great suggestion. So how would somebody go about, um, knowing if the person that they want to hire is a perfect fit. So what is your definition of a a perfect fit uh, worker within your team? So for me, it's a combination of the expertise and the knowledge, but the personality. Mm -hmm. Like I want to make sure that person is a team player Mm -hmm. because we're working as a team. I want to make sure if we're facing a challenge, she will be able to reach out, ask for help, um, not scared to say, hey, I don't know. Because uh, for me, it's really important. And it's the fit. You know, when you do an interview on Zoom, you can see how the person react, uh, answer. Uh, Someone who will tell me, I never do mistakes for me. It's a no. Mm. Uh, Someone will say, oh, my God, that happened to me. Here's what I did. But now I have the experience and here's what I'm going to do next time. So it's just, you know, it's a fit and you see it. You know, and when you take someone as a consultant for the first couple of weeks or a month, you know, if it's the perfect fit or not, and you could test it. Yeah. So let's say you do end up bringing on somebody who, you know, didn't end up being a good fit. Have you gone through that process of of firing somebody? And how did that process look like for you? Because I know that's another thing that hangs people up from hiring a team is they go, what if I have to fire somebody? So what, what did that process look like for you if you ever had to be go through it? Yes, I did. Uh, I think it was an open discussion saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I think you're not happy. Um, You know, here's why I think maybe I'm wrong. And usually that person, when that happened, because it happens once, said, you know what, you're right. Like, it's too much stress. Um, I prefer doing this instead of that. So I, I have the discussion, but instead of telling her, I think you're not the right fit. I said, you know, I don't, I don't think you you don't, you don't look happy. You don't, is it me? Is it? And she, and she was saying by herself, no, 
but I was so scared yeah. to tell you that I don't like it mm. that I didn't say anything. I said, no, you have to tell me. Like, if it's not a good fit, uh, it's better for both of us that we just yep. split and we move on to something else. Yeah. But it's mm. difficult. Like, I'm saying it, but like, it was <laughs> a difficult discussion because you never know yeah. how the, the person will react. And it's why starting with consultant. You know, it's like it's only for five or 10 hours a week and maybe we're going to grow and maybe I will need you uh, more than that. So it gives me the time to really confirm if it's a good fit. And if it is, we just give more hours and we just work on different new projects. Yeah. So it's kind of like a test trial. You're hiring on somebody who's not committed to be a full-time employee, um, but you're just trialing them and going, okay, well, we're going to give you four hours or five hours. And yes. then if that's working, then we'll add more and more and kind of follow that process. Yes. And I usually, I usually try to hire people that I know or people around me know or work before. So I have mm. like a, a second guess or, you know, someone say, oh, I don't know. She's amazing. She will be able to help you. Okay, I want her on my team. Because we mm. have people, and for probably many of you, like people reach out on Instagram and Facebook, say, hey, I want to work with you. Right. No, I want a reference. I want to make sure that person, because it's time consuming when you have to do onboarding and you have to explain everything and you have, it's time that I don't want to say, okay, I'm doing it and I have to redo it in two or three months. Yes. Yes. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So let's say somebody has that team. They've successfully hired a team. What would be the next step into uh, creating their business so then it can be ready to sell and be worth a good amount of money? So it's probably recurring revenue. So what you want to mm -hmm. show to a potential buyer is I have revenue, but the revenue are there every month. Uh, and, so predictable revenue. Yes. So you want to have the budget and into your budget saying, our clients usually stay with us for 24, 36 months. They spend X amount of money per month. It could be a membership. It could be a subscription. It could be coaching or any. And, you know, here's how the model is um, confirmed. We know that the revenue will keep going and keep good, be there next year. I'm leaving. No problem. Here's why. And mm -hmm. you can explain. So recurring revenue are easy to create. Uh, yeah. It could be a course, it could be templates, it could be ebooks, something that you don't need to be there every single day. And if you step back, revenue will come. Revenue will keep be there month after month. Mm, yep. Making that predictable income, um, yes. which makes so much sense. If anybody was going to buy a business, uh, they wouldn't want to buy a business that doesn't have those trackable numbers, doesn't have that kind of predictable revenue that's going to come in each month for the business, because that's ultimately the bottom line of any business is, is yes. it, is it profitable? Is it growing? Because if it's not, then it's dying. Yes. And you don't want to have only one client or one supplier. You know, you want to have different clients. So if you're losing one, the other one will be able to generate enough revenue to cover the expenses and um, yes, generate right. profit. Yeah. So you mentioned tracking the metric of how long do clients stay on? What yes. are other metrics that you look at um, specifically within businesses? The profit, the amount of money you're generating per client, mm -hmm. um, the suppliers. So do you have like a place where you could do more profit uh, so it's all numbers. So people are really focusing on revenue. Oh, I have mm -hmm. 10 millions in revenue. Okay. Right. But are you talking about profit? total revenue? Yes. 
but what is the profit? Because if you don't have any profit, it doesn't mean anything. Right. And you know? profit is the total revenue minus the expenses. Yes. So, yeah. So what is what is the profit? What is, um, do you have to find clients every month or you have how long they stay with you? What is the amount they spend? How many clients did you lost over the last year? Mm. Because if you lost a thousand clients, what's going to happen next year like everybody's going to go or you know so we try to track those numbers and um see in your expenses do you have expenses that can be a problem for the buyer so let's say you mm -hmm. have a business but you don't pay yourself a salary well okay. the person who will buy the business will need to pay a salary to replace you or because he wants a salary so it's uh, not a good profit if you have a profit or thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars but you have no salary for yourself it's not a real profit so we have oh, to look at all numbers um to make sure that we had a client the other day say oh i have an amazing profit but she was not paying herself and her dad was working with her in the business for free it's okay oh. guys you have to replace both of you who's going to pay for that but for them they were looking at the profit and they were really excited I said, I yeah. know you're really excited, but if you don't pay yourself, the profit, I'm sure, is there. Right. So it's all different things that you have to do um, before you're ready to sell just to generate enough attention, profit to have a really good price for your business. Right. Yes. Oh, man, I love that you bring that up because that makes a whole lot of sense in terms of as you start to build and set the foundations of your business, paying yourself is still very important. And I think that that's easy to get kind of lost in when you're like, yes, I'm just starting this new business, trying to get it off the ground, trying to get it running. Um, and so I appreciate you sharing that and showing that it's actually good that you pay yourself because that makes your business uh, worth more in the end. And you should pay yourself. That's yeah. the first thing you should do. It could be a small salary at the beginning. Right. But everybody needs a salary. Like if you launch your business, it's probably because you need money every second week or every month. Yeah. So before paying someone, um, you have to pay yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So the revenue is now predictable. So they've set up a team. The revenue is now predictable. Is there anything else that a business should start to pay attention to in order to really prepare it for, for being sold? What I love to do with my clients is put, put them on autopilot. So make sure mm -hmm. that the business could run when they, when they sleep. So what do you do? Do you actually like have to go on a, like a vacation and be like, you don't get to touch the business for a week. I'm curious how you do that. Yes, everything. So when I started, I was doing everything. So if you say, oh, Solange, I want to talk to you about a project, I will send you an email saying, okay, here's the date or time we can talk. And it was back and forth. Same thing for contract and invoice. Right. I had to do everything myself, which is, was yes. crazy. So now everything is on autopilot. You want to have a mm -hmm. meeting, you click on my agenda, you get a time, same thing. You say, hey, Sanaj, I'm ready to work with you. Can you send a contract? Contract, invoice, like everything. So I don't have to do anything. The email sequence, everything goes. They can prepare, download everything that I need to start working with mm -hmm. them. And I can be on vacation because yeah. the project won't start before next week or next month. And I don't have to do anything. Right. right. So you really have to do that. Make sure that you don't need to be there to do every single step. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take you to kind of build out and set up all of those automations? Oh my God, it took a while. 
<laughs> what was the first step in like starting that process? So the first step for me was all my promotion. So when mm. <laughs> that was really funny, but I was in front of my computer at eight o'clock in the morning. It's like, okay, now I have to post something on Facebook and Instagram yeah. to promote my business. It was 11 o'clock and it was not done because I was doing other stuff because I, and now it takes an hour, like for one month of content. And I put everything into the um, Facebook manager and it's all there for the month. I know That's the post amazing. that will be there. I know, you know, I have templates in Canva. I have my VA who runs everything. But before I was doing everything myself manually every single morning. And yeah, yes. And I guess when you do it, at one point you realize you need to move on and put everything on autopilot, but you don't know. I didn't know when I launched my business, my dream yeah. was to have someone telling me what to do and which tool I have to use, but no yeah. one was doing that. Yeah. Yep. So what helped you kind of overcome that and figure it out on your own instead of waiting for somebody to go, Oh yeah, you need to do this, 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 and this. So I read a lot of blog listen okay. to a lot of podcasts mm -hmm. and I figure out that, okay, if they were doing it, cause I was like, how come they have the same business, like coaching business, couple of team members, how they do that. And I reach out to them and I ask them and mm -hmm. people are so happy to give you advice. They say, it's so easy. Use this, use that. And there's so this much free information now too. Yes. Reach out. And people are scared to reaching out. You know, they say, oh my God, that person won't answer. That's not true. Yeah. So I learned how to use those tools. Uh, I asked my VA, do you know, like, I know what I want. Like I can do like a draw to, but I need someone to do all the backhand. Yeah. And it was, and I know it's time, it's, it was time consuming. It was money to invest. But at the same time, the, the time I was taking to do those, I was not serving clients. Mm -hmm. right. So at one point you have to decide and. Yeah, because it just gets too busy. Yes. You're trying to wear too many hats. And we have limited amount of time. Yes. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay, well, this has been amazing. My last question for you is on the side of if I want to buy a business. So we've been talking about, okay, if you want to get your business ready for it to be sold, what about on the side of, okay, I want to buy a business, what would those first steps look like for somebody who wants to buy a business? This will be really funny, but I will ask you, how much money do you have to invest? Mm. So people say, oh, I want to buy this business. It's okay. But let's say on a transaction, you probably will have a 20% that will have to be paid at closing. So you yeah. will have to bring that money. And after that, you need, like the bank will probably finance, the, the mm. seller will say, you know, you can give me like that amount of money in five years, but you still have to put money up front to buy your right. business. So right. that's the first step. Yep. And then we go by industry. Um, and sometimes people say, I want another industry and we just target businesses and we call them, you know, mm. it's when you don't want to call them because you want, you want everybody, you don't want everybody to know you need to need, you need to have a broker, but if not, you yeah. could just call them, say, hey, I'm looking to do an acquisition. I want to have another service, another product to my business. And you reach out to them. Yeah. But the first step is how much money do you have to invest? Mm. 
I love it. I love it. That's amazing. And it was such a simple answer, but it kind of gave me an idea. And I was thinking you could totally do this with other pieces of your coaching program too. Like if somebody's looking to build out a coaching program, if there's a piece of it, let's say you're wanting to teach mindset, but that's not your expertise. You can then look to collaborate with other business owners and go, Hey, like, would you be willing to, you know, do a piece for me in my program and I would pay you and that type of thing. And so, yeah, just a very cool idea. Cause it doesn't need to be a whole business. It could be half the business or things like that. Um, so that's, that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Yes. Amazing. Well, this has been so great. So I know that you have a lot of resources to share and we'll be putting them all in the description, but one that I would love to know specifically about is your end game checklist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So usually people come because they need us to help them find a buyer or, you know, but some people say, hey, I don't want to pay broker's fees, and I respect that. So yeah. I created a checklist so people know all the steps. If you want to sell your business, here's the steps you have to go through to make mm -hmm. sure you will be successful. And if you want to do it yourself, you know how it's going to work. You know the steps. The only thing you need is a lawyer because at the end, you need a lawyer to revise everything. But yeah. you can do, you know, you have to find the potential buyers. You have to do the due diligence. People don't know what is a due diligence. So we just go through each steps and people know how to. Uh, and sometimes they decide to do it themselves. And sometimes they decide to use a broker. But I, yeah. they know, you know, what's coming every yeah. step of the transaction. Amazing. And where can people go and find you and connect with you if they want to get help with any of this? Yeah, so they can reach out on Facebook, Instagram, on businessatelier.co. So that's the website. Um, they have a contact form. They can send an email and we'll answer. We're there to, to help them. Some of them need a broker, but others just need tips. And we just yeah. try to help them find the right person. And if we don't have the expertise, we just send them an email and say, hey, I think this these resources can help you. These uh, business coach coaches can help you. Just reach yeah. out to them. Amazing. Well, this has been so great. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up for today? No, just take the time to scale your business, take the time to grow your business. And if you never sell it, at least you will be ready to the uh, if one day that happened. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate your time. Let's go thank ahead you. and cue that outro clip. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.